welcome to the Relatable Equestrian. I hope that you enjoy this podcast. So on today's podcast, we have the amazing Tyler Bradshaw. I mean, this girl literally blows my mind and I was so excited to hear her story because she has just gone up the ranks in dressage so quickly. It is incredible. So um, yeah, I was super excited to hear her story, podcast or not. Um, and it was a great one. So I'm sure you're going to really enjoy it. Tell me where in the county you're from and what your discipline is. Okay, so I'm I'm based in Tiverton, Devon. Um, yeah. Obviously, I do dressage. Um, but originally, I am from St. Moore's in Cornwall um and I think we I think we moved to Devon probably oh crikey probably 2004 maybe 2003 yeah yeah blimmin long time ago (laughs) (laughs) there's not an awful there's not an awful one in Devon for dressage but there's certainly nothing going on in Cornwall for dressage (laughs) (laughs) yeah at least you're that little bit closer to the motorway oh yeah tell me about it I mean, back then, I, I, you know, I was a snivelling child that just did mounted games and uh, didn't even know what a dressage saddle was. So, uh, <laughs> come a long way since my Cornwall yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that leads us nicely on to, um, why don't you tell us the start of your riding story then? So, so from the beginning, when you started riding and just take me through to now and I'll delve in and ask questions along the way, probably. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, crikey, where do I begin? Um, so my my mum's always ridden. Um, she's mm-hmm. always had horses. Um, so I used to, you know, I, I've been riding since I can remember, really. I think she put me on the back of a horse when I was, like, probably born. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was, like, riding off the lead rein and stuff like that by three Um this was in Cornwall. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, you just had like a little shaggy pony, you know. I didn't do anything spectacular, that's for sure. Um, and then I, I mean, I've ridden for the majority of my life. I had a massive break when I was probably five to ten because, uh, you know, when my mum and I lived in Cornwall, my, uh, unfortunately, my real dad wasn't a very nice person. Right. Um, and he, Luck, not in contact with him which is you know fine um mm-hmm. but unfortunately he was quite abusive so okay. um yeah so my mum you know kept the horses um that she had and and really that was her salvation from you know home life but they ran quite yeah. a large uh business together they had a, a massive restaurant pub um that serviced the RAF so uh we wow. actually lived yeah we lived on the outskirts of the um air force base so yeah. um you know he he did all sorts of stuff and he he wasn't a nice chap at all and um unfortunately she took a hell of a beating for a long period of time but she couldn't get out because she was tied up within the business and I I think you know when you're coming from um you know an abusive relationship I think you get conditioned to think that you couldn't possibly live without that Mm. other person and um oh yeah before uh, even 10 oh my god well you know it, it it happened since since birth I mean you know she was actually yeah. I was actually meant to be a twin um but he we used to have this beautiful iron spiral staircase massive pub you know 
Um, yeah. And he pushed her down that spiral staircase and actually ended up losing what would have been my twin. Um, and I was, oh you know, God. luckily I survived. But I think, you know, unfortunately he was he, he was dealing with a lot and uh, he was an alcoholic and, you know, they lived in a massive great big pub and it, it was just fuel to the fire, really. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be lying to you if I said that my mum wasn't a spitfire. You know, she she can hold she can hold her own. But <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, you know, he he hit pretty heavy and um, and she was stuck. So, uh, yeah. And, and when we did get away, um, she managed to keep her horse all the way through this. And, you know, fair play to her because she couldn't she couldn't go to the shop, you know, without him. He was such a control right. freak. And, you know, if she was if it was that time of the month, she'd have to ask permission for like sanitary towels and things like that. It was absolutely like, it was no life to live. But, but, you know, my, uh, when we did get away, we were, we were living, um, we managed to stay within sort of within the area because my grandparents lived down there as well. And they were a a good support, but um, we ended up like living off the floor, you know, we had a mattress and, and that was it. Yeah. So it, and how old were you at this point, either? So that you know, I would have been about eight, seven, right. eight. Um, and you know, it gets a bit brighter from there on in. You, so my mum actually met my my now stepdad, and I refer to him as my dad because he he yeah. is, you know, he's been our saving grace. And yeah. you know, it, it's crazy. There are some good men out there still because he literally he had this woman. Um, that had you know been really heavily abused and um and this child and we were in poverty we had no money nothing I mean literally we were mattress on floor living off of whatever we could because my my real dad didn't step up you know he 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 wasn't there you know um and yeah we had nothing so he literally he scooped us up and the horses <laughs> oh um, uh, and and brought us to then Somerset and then we moved uh, to Devon and, and from there on yeah. in really it's you know he really did save us and I've not had yeah, contacts and... since so um, no yeah for, for obvious um, reasons gosh it's hard to even I'd like I'm just so I can't even imagine what I can't say anything because I just can't even imagine well, you know, at the end of the day, we're my mum and I are really resilient people, and um, you know, we have yeah. to. The industry's hard, you know yeah. that. I know that, yeah. and it and it's hard even for you know the financially gifted. It's it's hard, you know. Yeah. Everyone likes to paint a picture that the the people that have got all the money um have it easy and it's just not the case it, no. regardless of what you've been through whether you've had a, you know a, a silver spoon upbringing or something that's a bit dire we all have to go through our own struggles yeah exactly everybody yeah yeah exactly um and so when you moved to Devon did that was that you did you move to that um the place that you live in now yeah sort of base there so we um we actually moved into um no man's land which is literally just down the road from us um we had like a little rented um little rented house there and uh, we bought the land in 2008 that that we're living on now 
um and it was just fields sorry are you back to riding at this point yeah so at that point uh when we moved over to Devon my so my dad (laughs) my dad and I decided to go to this little council estate in Plymouth uh to go and see a pony who was knee high in muck no water no hay nothing and um the owners of this pony thought that they would get their daughter a you know a horse for Christmas um but they unfortunately had no idea about looking after it, uh, horses at all so um the pony was completely ridiculously unrideable <laughs> I was mm. a sniveling wreck I had no confidence as a child whatsoever you know, for various reasons not just my upbringing yeah. but also because I was spineless <laughs> um so my mum's there going no way no 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 you're not having this pony it's a psychopath you're crazy um my dad and I actually sneaked off (laughs) we sneaked off and we saved this pony and I literally then spent probably about five years on this pony breaking my bones um it was it was a it was a nappy bugger and um in the end we actually found out that it was really good at mounted games and that's that's what we ended up doing with it okay um and so sort of what age are you here sorry so that would have been must have been i would say probably 10 11 Okay, and then um, five years on to that, on from that. Yeah. That yeah. And, okay. <laughs> and then eventually, when I actually got a handle on it, I grew out of it. Typically, so yeah, um, and we called her we we called a pony. That that was it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but she was she was really sassy, and actually, she she taught me a lot. But um, yeah. with ponies, uh, you know, you you hit the deck a lot, and crikey, I hit the deck a lot. I spent a hell of a lot of time in A and E bless you oh, it was a blimmin' nightmare i was safer on my uh my mum's horse actually um yeah <laughs> I, I, no literally like i'd go and take my uh my mum's horse to pony club rallies and i'd be safer riding him than riding this damn pony <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah i think i broke both my wrists um i i dislocated my elbow um and then i tore all the tendons and ligaments in my wrists as well Oh, oh it's a freaking nightmare the amount of, and but this is repetitively like this wasn't like yeah. one wrist at one point it was like both wrists at one point oh gosh but, but it's all cool you know it, they teach you yeah. a lot don't they and um I moved on from her then to my first horse um okay. and you, you know so you're like sort of mid-teens here yeah um yeah and and you know I learned to ride on my mum's horse um which was like a little Welsh uh, cross he was about 14 3 15 hands so li- literally when yeah. I was a baby I was I was learning to ride on him I used to canter him across open fields and all sorts so I kind of <laughs> did it a little bit backwards I went from horse to pony to horse um, <laughs> so yeah I, I then ended up with my first my first own horse and uh, his name was Max and um, just a little Irish draft you know mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what dressage was I didn't have a clue how to put a horse on the bit and um the thing is with Pony Club, uh, you know, love it dearly. But unfortunately, back when I was younger, it was a little bit more archaic back then. And um, it, I think if you weren't the most confident or you weren't jumping the biggest jumps or doing the perfect dressage test, you were kind of, uh, you know, a nobody or nothing. Um, well, you think that's old fashioned? You don't think that's <laughs> like that now? <laughs> 
I think I have sat in on numeral training sessions and I the the best one that I've sat in on was the I think they were talking about the B test and uh, they were saying that it was a travesty that you could take your B test in parts to 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 go in line with the BHS so they Mm -hmm. thought it was a disgrace that you could specialize in dressage because apparently you weren't a good enough rider if you only did dressage and i'm sat there in the background going (laughs) at what point do i uh stop biting my bottom lip and my hand my hand went up bolt upright (laughs) i said excuse me and i said crikey you know guys you're here you're losing your members you're complaining that you're losing all your kids to riding club and I wonder bloody why, do, do, do you yeah. know what I mean? Because these kids are being made to feel like they're half a person because they don't yeah, want to jump it's, giant it's fences. Toxic. Oh, so toxic. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, um, I, you know, I, I said to them, like, I don't, I didn't want to jump when I was a kid. And I think I would have been a better rider, you know, and done more at the age I am at now if people had encouraged it. But because I, yeah. I was physically sick, you know, at rallies and, and jumping rallies and things like that because I, I was so mm. scared. But mm. literally, you know, made to feel like I was dirt. And, um, I, you know, I still come across my old pony club um, peers now. And they I don't think they can actually believe I'm the same person, really. And and I, I don't think it... I was going to say, can you see them from on top of your Grand Prix horse, Tyler? <laughs> oh, no. I met one of the old... Um... <laughs> it's going to make you laugh. I met one of the old uh, pony club women that used to run the camp on the roads a few years back and uh, she stopped me and she goes, Tyler. I went, oh, hello. You all right? How's it going? That is the most beautiful Irish draft I've ever met. And I sat there biting my lip thinking, oh, I actually said to her, no, it's a Dutch warm blood. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the the big chestnut, but, and uh, we all have a giggle about that. But yeah, you know, oh pony club days were tricky for me. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Mm. And I was bullied quite heavily at school as well. So um, right. I, I was different. You, you know, uh, I still am. Um, but I think if you don't fit into the social norm at, at school, pony club, whatever, you're kind of like the weird one. You know, the outcast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and you know, I was having some really horrible bullying going on at, at school like being punched kicked hit uh ha- mm. you know people putting like glue on my chair and it, it was bad you know constantly I mean yeah. like, crikey they used to sing songs about me about how fat I was and um oh, uh, oh yeah totally and I didn't react in like the normal bullied kid way that's the problem so I used to stand up for myself and, uh, you know, open my mouth and get myself in more trouble than it was worth. And so the bullies, you know, would retaliate and I would retaliate back. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm. But like the schools, the school was useless. And bearing in mind, I was in and out of school my whole life, you know, because we were being moved around a lot. And um, I lived with my grandparents for a huge amount of time as a child because the abuse got so bad at home. Um, mm. So I missed out on a giant amount of, of my education. Um, yeah. And then the bullying was so bad at secondary school, I ended up missing like my year seven or year eight. They had to move me from classes to get me away from the, the, the bullies. Um, oh, yeah. But they had the audacity to to actually suspend me from school for two weeks. 
because rather than suspend them honestly because this the the this girl hit me across the face and i i did hit her back not gonna like you Mm. um Mm. but but no you know it was more as a retaliation and that girl yeah you know and typically be kind all over facebook as she's older and uh that girl stayed in school and i got suspended and you just think where you know how is that right but it's 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 hard you know when you're a a weird kid (laughs) um yeah this is uh extremely relatable for me right now (laughs) it's not my podcast i'm not gonna talk about it but yeah totally totally yeah it's nowhere you come yeah well I feel you you know but but one thing I will say is it's I think for people like you and I I think having that that difficult background it makes us stronger in the long run you know and um Mm, absolutely yeah and I you know I have to put up with all sorts you know even coming into my 30s um uh, (laughs) and actually I can I can deal with it you know and I can also be really empathetic as well and and I think that's you know really integral in this industry yeah um absolutely but but yeah so so you, so you had your irish draft i did um, uh, and i was not your big chestnut <laughs> and i was still quite um, useless with him um but he looked after yeah. me um and, and you know i i think i was just a bit of a burden in the pony club in these clinics yeah you know, i think they used to see me and think oh crikey we've got her I had the odd instructor that used to try really hard to get me a bit more confident and get me believing in myself but uh, it's something you've got to find on your own sometimes um yeah so yeah I, I spent a fair few years on him and actually Max is still going to this day he's 20 now um oh, and he's actually with clients of mine up the road and he he looks after an older gentleman you know takes some hacking and things like that and uh, I see Oh, I oh, see lovely. him once a week. He's, you know, he's super, and they've done an amazing job looking after him. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I I had him up until I actually I took him to Talons with me, so I had him all the way through Pony Club. Um, yeah. And towards my end in Pony Club, moving into Riding Club, I had a lesson with a chap called Jai Bratton um, through the right. Riding Club. Uh, and I was still was a nervous wreck, you, you know. Um, I had no no sort of um, goal for any of it, really. <laughs> and yeah. I was pretty useless. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, I was gifted from the day I sat on a horse. Uh, I, I was useless. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm. And uh, the only time I used to jump anything of decent height is if I'd just been fo- literally launched off got a bit of concussion and thought oh sod it I'm fine now (laughs) (laughs) true story so um yeah I had a lesson with this chap Jai and I was actually going to um I went to college and then moved on to uni doing uh graphic design um so okay so this is like sort of yeah yeah you hit hit the nail on the head there 18 19 um and I was working a part-time job in M&S as well so completely different path to horses um and yeah. I was studying my graphic design at uni at this point and I decided that I absolutely hated you know living in a uh you know office environment uh, I hated being in front of yeah. computers all day long and I I was really artsy I really enjoyed drawing um but it it was all just uh, photoshop and I thought you know what I don't want to live my life doing this so I had, I had a lesson right, with Jai yeah. and um, I said, you know what? I want to do horses as my profession. He laughed at me 
And um, he said, if I wanted a career in horses, I needed to go to Tallinn. That was the only place to go. Um, okay. And I kind of think, looking back on it, I think he secretly, um, you know, had a little giggle inside himself and thought, yeah, right, is she going to go for that? <laughs> right. A week later, <laughs> I was there doing a week's trial. And after that week's trial, <laughs> I didn't come home. So um, wow. my parents brought up all my stuff and that was it. I was there for about a year and a half. Um, yeah, wow. yeah, I know. It just whirlwind. And so were you interested in dressage? Nope. Particularly before <laughs> talent or is talent what made you dressage? Do you want to know the honest, uh, the honest truth here is the only reason why I got into yeah. dressage was because my horse at the time wouldn't jump. Um there's so many people's story for why they went to dressage. Don't honest to goodness. <laughs> so coming into I had the opposite <laughs> problem. I loved dressage and my pony only wanted to jump. <laughs> well and how rare how rare that is, is that? rather rare. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like going into these great big oxes uh, at Talons, um, and I was still quite nervous at that point. Um and he was just like, yeah. you know what? <laughs> I don't want to do this. I just ran straight through the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah brilliant so that was max at talent so you didn't go talented like for dressage no, reasons you went just for learning and uh, then you know what max wasn't keen on the jumping so you ended so up i actually ended up so max actually went up there with me and the only thing he was good at was jumping he was useless at flat but he actually became a schoolmaster there um and i ended okay. up buying a nav strucker um yeah, right. I had to sign a disclaimer when I bought him, um, which was, as you can imagine, a fantastic combination with a very nervous rider and a horse <laughs> that used to go bolt upright. <laughs> oh, um, oh, what on earth was I thinking? I mean, thinking back, like I had no <laughs> real reason to go to Talons either. It was just a spur of the moment I want to do horses. Um, and, and, you know, yeah. to be fair, like my... Um, my my parents you know bred some nice horses and you know they had the the dream they wanted to turn their land into you know a house and a yard and because it was just fields you see so I guess in yeah. some respect I was kind of like you know thinking I'll piggyback off of the back of that <laughs> yeah and so did they have no the nothing it, it was point. literally just no, fields okay. um and to right. be fair the the yards only the infrastructure's been going up since I came back from Talent. So um my my parents yeah. actually put in the school while I was at Talent. Um and you know, but like I said, we we don't come from any great deal of money. So my dad actually ended up doing a massive kitchen because he's a master craftsman. Um and he actually put up right. our barn like um the big American barn. He put that up himself yeah yeah he's an incredible wow. bloke you know we were lucky to lucky to have him but he um he actually ended up doing a massive bespoke kitchen for um the school so we traded traded business right. to business um and you'll be amazed yeah. at how often you know we've we've had to do that actually just to make it um uh, and yeah. you know it's knowing the right people Oh, it's a good way totally. to work, though. It's like quite an old-fashioned way to 100%, do it. A hundred percent, yeah. And, and a lot of, yeah. like I said, a lot of the infrastructure that's here, my dad's done himself um, with, with us, yeah. with my mum and I. Mm -hmm. Like, we've pickaxed all the drains for the 
concrete to go down in the yard you know we we built we put mm. up all the stables ourselves um you know it came flat packed um you know we put a lot of work mm. into the yards but it's the only way we can do it you know we like I said we don't come yeah. from any great deal of money I mean crikey it'd be lovely if we did <laughs> oh yeah, yeah totally <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I decided to go to talent for no real reason, um, other than um, sort of going haplessly into an equestrian career. Um, and yeah, I spent about a year and a half there. And I went there with nothing. And I ended up leaving with my stage four, and my AI. Um, yeah, so. Wow. And oh, God. Tripper. Yeah, that, that's the bad that's boy. Um, so yeah, we, we ended yeah. up buying him as my potential eventer uh mm. yeah turned into be a dressage horse because he wouldn't jump so uh and I remember getting on him for my first ride at Talons and um the yard manager was sat on the sidelines and he was just going bolt upright um and he was like oh you know don't be so pathetic Mm. just kick him on and yeah he was he was really like trying (laughs) to spur me on to be like a stronger person um yeah, and he terrified me. You know, he was absolutely terrifying. He once went bolt upright backwards over the um the the walls of the school. Um, oh yeah, God. he he had quite he had quite a severe rear in him, and I know his old owner. She ended up getting rid of him because he was such a terror, and she he actually knocked her out and gave her like amnesia. So, um, oh but, but I knew what Jeez. I was. I knew what we knew what we were buying so we knew he was difficult but again you know when you come from no money you've got to make something bad good um and I did make him good you know fast forward a few years and although he would still go bolt upright occasionally in a test um we actually (laughs) turned him into a really nice horse Uh, and in the end of it all he Mm. was competing BD you know um he took me around up to sort of elementary, um, trained him up to sort of medium. Um, and he was an incredible yeah. horse and you could put anyone on him now. And funny enough, <laughs> he actually <laughs> does jump now. Um, and I taught him to jump and he ended up jumping like a meter 40 with me, you know? Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> I kind of found my confidence um, throughout talents. You, you know, I had to because it's it, it's a place for the strong it's not a place for the weak and I and I right. don't mean that as any disrespect because the place gave me my career but but you don't go there yeah. you know weak of heart no you don't Heart-hearted. go there weak of heart and weak of mind and I remember many a times I used to sit outside Zach stable that's um, the Nabstrucker's name uh, I used to sit outside a stable mm-hmm. at like half nine ten o'clock at night you know from being on the yard at 6 30 and we just about about scraped a breakfast and like a half an hour lunch some days because it was so much hard work and back in those days we had to do all the mucking out as well catching Christ knows how many horses be understaffed Hmm. and I used to do all the teaching a huge amount of teaching um no I loved it you know I loved the teaching and that that was actually my I think that was my calling really um but I used to phone my mum up in tears you know like I can't do this I I need to come home and and fair play to her she said you're not coming home you're staying there you're working you're Mm going to finish it and you're going to be fine and uh, the amount of times I said oh come on please let me come home and she said no you're not 
um yeah wow. and the thing is like I I ended up actually you know I had Zach and Max was there as a schoolmaster and I ended up actually picking up a little ex-racer um and I did some training right. on her and uh it, it's a funny old thing really but we found out that she was um you know from a really really strong uh dam line um and I ended up actually right. uh selling her at Tattersall's for, for you know a, a nice sum of money I think it, it ended up being about 10 grand and that actually paid for me to have all right. my you know take all my exams because at the time I was working I was working two weeks straight uh at Talons on the yard and I actually then went down the road for a Saturday yes. and Sunday to continue my work at m and so um right okay. yeah I, I had no I had no days off, no time, no nothing. It was literally every single day at Talent, and then uh, the Saturday and the Sunday that I was should have had off, I was working at MS. So, uh, and that was taking its toll on me as well. You know, I'm not one of shy of hard work, yeah, but I, um, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't carry on with that physical and mental fatigue, as well as then going into a normal person's job and dealing with their oh god they were ridiculous yeah. I mean, you know bearing in mind when I was at college and uni I was working at um the big simply foods in Exeter um and right. they were really lovely people and I was like managing the floor and all sorts you know do you know really pulling my weight there and I got on well with everyone and then I went to this little tiny shoebox store um where you had to ask <laughs> permission to go to the toilet um and tell them oh, what God. you were going for and how long you were going to be um and oh honestly Jeez. and if you were to stop and, and talk to a colleague even if it was about work you were actually you know removed and put on the other side of the store uh, and it's just so you couldn't oh it's power it hungry and uh, I just didn't have time for it you know I, I didn't want to be in that sort of environment so, you know, having yeah. this X racer come along with a little bit of training and then selling her on, that that really gave me a, a big break to actually have a day off once yeah. a week to get my learning in and my and cramming for my exams. Um uh, and you know, yeah. my parents budgeted the, the money and they, you know, fed me little bits and pieces so I could go to Tesco's and McDonald's occasionally. <laughs> um but yeah, so so I ended up coming out of there with with the exams that I aimed for. Um and I did a lot of teaching and I was quite a popular in- instructor, which was, was really lovely. It was a good, bond, you know, confidence boost. Um, yeah, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't a renowned rider by any stretch. Um, I think the whole time I was there, I probably had about two, maybe three lessons with Pammy. Um, and and right. predominantly because, and she said herself, you know, Zach wasn't really the right sort of horse to do to do the flat work with and he was quirky and difficult and and didn't want to really play ball um and I was sort of mediocre at best I didn't really show any talent or flair and I do remember being told that I wasn't going to be a rider I was going to be an instructor that was going to be my um you know uh bread and butter um and you know it's a funny thing because these like little comments sit in the back of my mind um and they do they do spur me on you you know and um I thought well actually no Mm. I I do want to be a rider and I'm serious about it and 
uh, I did when I came home make the decision to um, sell Zach uh, eventually um, and again you know I keep referring back to the fact that if I want something I have to make a sacrifice so I wanted mm -hmm. to get myself a fully fledged warm blood um, uh, to, to you know get a real crack at this uh, dressage stuff <laughs> and I had to sell Zach for yeah. it so I, I ended yeah. up bringing him on a bit and um, I uh, bought in another like a little local warm blood cross that nobody else could ride and trained her up and sold her and um, you know, you just have to work your way through it, don't you? And build your way up to affording a nice horse. I say nice in the respect of, um, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to do dressage to be a nice horse. But but for us, and, and you understand this, if you want to go to the top or, or you want to go to the Premier Leagues or the high profiles, you do have to have a certain type of horse to be yeah. able to, to, to do that. Um, and, you know, looking around at these... Yeah competitions I was going to with um you know Zach and Venus that was the the mare that I bought to, to produce the salon I was thinking crikey how am I ever going to do this with you, you know nice horses but actually you know normal horses with normal movement and I think upon reflection mm. you know you, you have to kind of make that decision and bite the bullet um, and it broke my heart to sell Zach, you know, it really did. And um, I, I sold him to an amazing yeah. home and, you know, keep, I'm still in contact with him now. I know where he is. Um, and he has the life of Riley. Yeah, and um, yeah. But, it, it, you know, it really, really did break my heart. And, uh, you know, they all come into my life and uh, they leave these great impressions on me. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, uh, I ended up, you know, teaching locally, um, you know back in Devon um, and I was doing all right I probably had about three clients a week <laughs> um, but I was lucky that I had the yard and I, I had a couple of liveries that kept me afloat but I, I was literally you know I, I was literally doing about five lessons a week maximum um, and it's funny you know and yeah. you'll probably feel the same way about this but you start out on the, the bones of your backside and all of a sudden you're starting to make a life for yourself and you think crikey like when does it go from five clients a week to 15 lessons a day um and x amount yeah. of horses to ride and and you know i i'm really grateful for you know for, for actually making that nutty decision <laughs> back when i was like 18 19 to, yeah. to do horses because actually i freaking love it to just go for it um um so you you sold Zach and yeah. you bought your first well we won't yeah. say proper horse but yeah dressage, you, a dressage, dressage orientated <laughs> yeah so I um because financially um I had probably about like 10 quid to my name <laughs> um I actually ended up um getting approached by a sponsor okay I won't go into crazy detail because you know it it's it's something we like to keep um behind us because it wasn't a very pleasant experience right. but um they offered me the world as they all do don't they and um actually I was a bit young and a bit gullible um and uh, we actually ended up going out to Holland 
Right. So uh, with, with said sponsors and they actually um, it was just a husband and wife and uh, they, they were, you know, believed in me and they spouted all these wonderful stories about how they think I'm incredible and whatnot. And, you know, at that age, you like to believe that everyone is, you know, genuine. Yeah. So, I mean, they had sort of like 30,000 pounds worth of horse in mind. That was their budget. Okay. It, was, it was a decent budget. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we were looking at all these nice horses and I made some really nice friends and connections over in Holland. Um, and I remember seeing this big chestnut in cross ties. And uh, he was currently at that point ripping his front rug off. <laughs> <laughs> Literally had undone the buckles and he was just like ripping the fleece off. <laughs> um and I looked at him and I said I really like that horse like he's a little bit of me and um Rebecca Dudley who I um you know I used as a, an agent over there and we're still really good you, you know we work together really nicely still to this day yeah um and uh, she said oh I don't think that one's uh that one's for sale it's just come in he's not really ready and the, the lady's yard that we were at her name was Linda I'm also you know I would like to say that professionally like we're quite close to mm-hmm. She says, oh, no, that one's not for sale yet. You know, we've got a buyer in mind for that one, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I, I said, God, I'd really like to ride him. And she went, OK, that's fine. He's he's a bit quirky, but that's fine. And Linda's brilliant because she's so honest yeah. about all the horses she has out there to the point where she would tell you if you weren't good enough for it. Yeah. You know, because she actually she genuinely cares. Yeah. Um, and I know that the Dutch sometimes have a bit of a bad rep for selling us the stuff they don't want but actually Linda's really spot on yeah so um yeah so anyway um we he was dragged out to the school and um literally funny story I actually passed at that point I didn't realize it was him but I actually passed DeJano in the horse walker right um yeah how weird is that big beautiful black horse you know absolutely stunning 18 2 he was um and Rebecca actually turned to him and said oh actually that might be perfect for you too Tyler and I went okay and Linda said oh no no not got any time for that one not got any time for that one I went okay fine no worries so um yeah anyway um the, the groom got on Bert and um he ended up sort of like rocketing up into the air at about like three meters because the cyclist went past. Right. So my mum went, my mum went, put it away, put it away, get rid of it, put it away. We don't want this one. We don't want this one. <laughs> um, but at that point, I was already sold on him. Mm. I absolutely adored him. I thought he was beautiful, and um, I tried him. And at the point, that point, he was um, he wasn't very much money at all. He was about um, nine or ten thousand euros, okay. which. In the grand scheme of things, a for a well-bred, a young horse, yeah, yeah, it's not a lot. And he's by United okay. um, and Democrat, so that's um, Craxy. Yeah, nice. So, uh, yeah, really nice horse. And um, I tried tons of other horses, and they all paled in comparison to him. And honest to God's truth, you know, we're talking 40k worth of horse. Yeah, and you still and I loved him. I absolutely adored him. And actually, my mum and I... My mum was cautious of these sponsors. They actually went out with us and um, she was cautious because yeah. she's, you know, you know, been around the block a few times. And she said, Tyler, we need to buy this horse, just you and I, and then let the sponsors buy something else because uh, uh, this is going to be your horse. And she could see it in me, you know. Yeah. I couldn't shut up about him. Rebecca was doing a, it was doing a nut in because all I could talk about was the chestnut horse. Yeah. 
Um, and at the time, I couldn't bloody say his name, so it was the chestnut horse, but his actual name is Heige Bear. Right, okay. Um, I've always wondered how you say it. Put... I call him Gisbert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! It's better than... Um, we once had Kishbert at a, at a show, and we all thought that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather you not call him Gisbert. I mean, that's a bit, you know... um so yeah anyway we um we got back to uh england and um i I was stupid because i kept talking about you know the chestnut horse Mm. and um they swooped in and bought him the sponsors did um they did Yeah. yeah so anyway um it was all fine and i was forever the optimist and we struck up a deal that i would pay for everything you know barrier vets you name it yeah. bettings yada 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 and they just paid the the total for the horse okay and after a couple of years time or a year's time i would equate 50 percent ownership of him because of the amount of money i put into him yeah would would then equal the amount of money that they had put into him and, and you know actually looking back at it you know that was a great deal yeah you know, brilliant absolutely yeah but it didn't actually work out that way right um and unfortunately they they didn't realize how much money i'd invest in the horse so quickly right and i think then they realized that actually i could probably get 50 percent ownership within the year yeah uh and it unfortunately wasn't their intention to help me out to find my future olympic horse it was their intention to sell it for as much money from underneath me yeah with as as little money investment on their part yeah um and it wasn't very nice you know they they got really nasty um really really nasty and you know it was like oh we hope you die in a car crash and things like that so yeah it, it, it was really bad and unfortunately it was worse because the lady who owned Bert also had bought um a little project of mine from me she had it on about six months trial right um, so we, we were all intertwined in yeah. each other she had a horse on loan for me she had just bought it and she needed a lot of help with this horse um it got very strange the relationship between myself and her like she was taking things from the yard and she had these great big photos of me blown up on her wall and she was like messaging my mum saying oh I feel like a mother and she had her own daughter it was really strange I remember I got to the point where I could employ a member of staff to help me out with the yard and I once got like an email absolutely ballistic you know how dare you employ someone without asking my permission and but she had no financial investment in the yard you know this was none of her business do you, no, do you know what she I mean? just, this it, is just the, whole, the person who bought but yeah absolutely okay. it got <laughs> it, it got really really hard and and she was quite volatile and it 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 was just very strange Um, Uh, and in the end I basically you know it all came to light that they wanted to get rid of him anyway they wanted to sell him and for as much money as they could get and I wasn't entitled to a penny right um because I was stupid and I didn't ask for any contracts um so it was a mess really I was losing my horse of a lifetime Mm. you know my dream horse um I you know the the horse that the owner had from me um she would have needed to continue support with that horse yeah and I couldn't have offered that to her because of the the fractious relationship yeah. so that was that that horse had lost its education yeah um and it was a mess and I just so happened to have an email 
um, from the owners, basically saying just, you know, like a nothing email, but basically saying that they'd never sell the horse from underneath me without my permission. Right. And you know what? That all of about a sentence actually completely saved that horse from going anywhere. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny because they really did try to diddle me, you know, yeah. royally. Um, and I had a barrister on the yard at the time, a livery. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, that is legally binding. Wow. So you go to them and, and, you know, you be the bigger man and say, I will pay you what you paid for the horse and we'll be done. Yeah. Or if you don't, or if you want to play silly buggers, then you won't get a penny, but you also won't ever be able to sell the horse because I won't give you my consent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the end, they obviously took the money and, um, and that was done and dusted. And she, you know, left from the yard because it, it just was toxic, you yeah. know. Um, but I did offer her my support with the horse continue, you know, and that still stood to, you know, my word with that because yeah. at the end of the day, it's for the horse's benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, luckily it went on and it went to the Cheffings and did some jumping and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I, in the end, I just don't I think she she didn't get anywhere with it, really. But um, I, I ended up with the horse of my dreams. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I ended up buying Dejano during this whole period of, of torture because I actually needed that second horse. Mm-hmm. Um, just in case it all fell apart and I had nothing yeah and that was just um, like your teaching and stuff had taken off enough for you to be able to then take on a second horse yeah, yeah absolutely um, and I, I still kept a little bit of money because remember at this stage I'd sold two horses and I had that money back because oh, of we course. were hoping then you hadn't paid for yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so so I ended up buying DJ yeah uh, unseen uh, and that was in itself was a nightmare because mm-hmm. um, I had bought the horse, but I hadn't asked the owner's permission to buy that horse. Right. Um, and it was the most bizarre, you, you know, because actually it was nothing to do with them. But that was it was these small things where they were trying to control me mm-hmm. uh, and control my life and control the yard. Mm-hmm. And they were telling me like my mum's paranoid and she needed to be removed from the, you know, the team. And, God. you know, this lady wanted to run my yard for me and run my professional career. And I, I, honestly, like when I bought DJ, they went berserk because I think they realised that I had my second horse and that actually they didn't have as much hold over me as they thought they, that they thought, did. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I remember to this day, they were like, oh, you know, DJ's, you know nothing he's not going to do anything for you he's you know a waste of money you should sell him because he's useless and <sighs> they didn't like it because Dejano actually was quite prolific uh, and he got me my ribbons and got me on to to quite a few little podiums you know yeah um and because and he Bert actually or did he... no he was no. eight but okay. he I mean we spent peanuts on him um or mm-hmm. I spent peanuts on him because he he wasn't going to make it in right. Holland. Um, right. He wasn't anything special, and I and he had really shut down. Um, oh, well, I got him over, and um, I couldn't get him to walk mm. like nowhere. Mm. <laughs> he couldn't move, so I had this really sharp young horse and this really really dead as a dodo, a slightly older horse. He was mm. eight. Yeah, and I'm thinking, what on earth do I even do? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and yeah, Dejano, like, you know, he was the making of me, really. Yeah. Um, and we miss him greatly. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, while I dealt with Bert and being 
put on the floor constantly uh he was like my saving grace yeah. and um I did so much with him and uh, you know to this day I'm grateful because yeah. he owed me nothing you know um, what, um so just quickly sort of little overview like what level did you get to with him and like a couple of like your big wins that you got with him just so people kind of get an idea of what you did with him yeah sure so like back in back in the day <laughs> it wasn't that long ago so this was about six years ago I ended up with Bert and DJ and yeah. um I was only doing sort of like prelim novice with Bert for obvious reasons he's only four yeah um and with Dijano unfortunately because he was so backward and so difficult to produce I mean he was sort of running at novice elementary yeah um and I always knew with Dejano that he wasn't he wasn't a competitive horse in the sense that he would try his heart out for me but he wasn't the sort of horse that would go down the center line and go look at me yeah um he didn't I don't actually genuinely I don't think he enjoyed competing but I think he did it because I asked him to do it bless him um, but he went to like, you know, numeral nationals, summer nationals, l- lots of uh, winter nationals. You know, he always got placed at regionals. I mean, his BD record was incredible, really. Yeah. Um, but my first few shows with him, I couldn't even keep him in the arena. He just bolted off with me. <laughs> oh, God. Went from not moving to bolting. He was terrified. He, did, he didn't know what was right, what was wrong. He had no idea. And um, he, he was, he, mentally he was a really difficult horse to get yeah. to get on side yeah and and for me it was hard because I I was training with Emil at the time and he was absolutely mm-hmm. incredible but he was a professional you know yeah and I wasn't at that point I wouldn't say mm-hmm. I was a professional at that point at all um and he was trying to teach me professionally and I was still somewhat immature mm-hmm. um so I was kind of one of those, uh, I'm kind of one of those um, clients, really, where if my instructor says to me, jump on one leg and that will get you to Grand Prix, I was kind of a bit like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and I went through some real rough patches with DJ. Uh, and unfortunately, the, the typical instruction, you know, with all sorts of trainers, because I went to lots of clinics with BD and camps and things like that. Yeah. And it was like... I'm not going to lie to you. It was get a bigger pair of spurs, get a bigger stick kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, he's backwards. He needs to be beaten forwards. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it's a dangerous path to go down, you know, like starting to tell a horse that it's going to be going like this or going yeah. to be going like that. And I didn't want to be that person. Um and it wasn't getting me anywhere with him. And, and you know, for uh, on reflection, he taught me the right way of asking a horse. Yeah. Um, and that is integral, you know, it, to what I do now with all of my horses. I ask them. I don't tell them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and actually, they're more than willing to do uh, yeah, what, what I ask them to do, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, and, yeah, I learned a lot of hard lessons with DJ, yeah. you know, and- how, how to be with him yeah and um and what level did you ride to on dj so i ended up getting to medium with him and getting him to do advanced medium at home um so he was kind of the first one you sort of got into the 100 percent yeah sort of levels with yeah Uh, oh yeah definitely like elementary was terrifying (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but I, I did make the decision towards the end um, that actually I wasn't going to compete him anymore. And, yeah. and that's where the schoolmaster work came in because I, yeah. I took him down the centre line and I had to nanny him. Yeah. Um, and I, I just felt like I wasn't doing the right thing for him, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's fair um, enough. And, and, you know, people say it sometimes and, you know, I, I, you can sit there and think, oh, yeah, but with the right rider, I'm sure it would have done. Mm, he, no, but yeah, no, he, I, I've he, had a horse like that. I know what you mean. And, and I, try, I tried. I tried to make the experience pleasant for him and, you know, tried to encourage him that he could do it. And he was stunning. He, he would go down the centre line and produce a mediocre test and get 78%. <laughs> he was that kind of horse you know mm. and and when you have that kind of horse that that thirst for wanting to win and wanting to be the best all the time sometimes can tarnish your relationship with an animal yeah and, and I I just didn't want to be that person um, yeah and I didn't want him to think of me as that person and um so I, I made that decision to, to take him from competition um yeah. and, and then obviously I still had Bert so I thought, oh, crikey, you know, I've got Bert, I've got Dejano, I'm going to need to get myself, um, you know, a youngster to run alongside. So yes. my <laughs> my mum and I are awful. Uh, <laughs> we saw an advert on Facebook, um, considering at this point, one of mine has been bought unseen and one was bought seen. Yeah. Um, we saw an advert on Facebook for uh, by a lovely woman called Emma Bird, and she had a really lovely foal up for sale and a three-year-old, uh, which yeah. is now Jaeger and Igor. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we sat over a Chinese, <laughs> and um, she said, I really like this horse. I went, yeah, I like it. I, I want the foal. And she went, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. She said, well you know let's let's buy the foal because I've been saving up I went yep mm -hmm. cool fine so I struck a deal with Emma bought the foal my mum goes oh, I really really like that three-year-old there's something about it and I said mum mm. I don't need a three-year-old I've you know Bert was still young at that point and um you know DJ was just about coming towards the end of his competitive um career yeah she goes oh I love it let's have it so we we ended up doing like you know a good deal with Emma and um and we, we bought Igor and Jaeger unseen. <laughs> wow. Again. <laughs> and we had to wait for Jaeger to be weaned and, and whatnot, but eventually yeah. they, they came over to us. And how many years ago was that, Tyler? So Igor, so Jaeger's rising five now. I've had him since he was a, a weaning. So that would yeah. have been, and Igor's rising eight. So that would have been about what, five years ago. Yeah, it would be about just probably just under five years this ago. This is this is what absolutely blows my mind about you. <laughs> that five years ago you were wobbling around a medium sort of advanced medium. Oh, trust me, I was doing worse than wobbling. <laughs> like the most incredible horses, and you've done it in five years. Yeah, it's incredible. Like at, at 21 just coming from talent I barely knew what a dressage saddle was um yeah. and I'm 29 just coming into my 30s now it's so it is incredible and I'm not gonna lie me and Millie were talking about it the other day and we were just saying like I wonder how she's done it because it is incredible I mean people work for 30 <laughs> years to, to do those three levels um you, you know from that medium to sort of that 
Grand Prix, you know, working towards Grand Prix. You know, it is incredible what you've done. <laughs> well, you know what? I have booked my first Grand Prix. <laughs> have you? Oh, and, and so that's on Bird. Yeah, that's for the yeah. 1st of April. Like, who in their right mind oh, doesn't compete for, you know, since last year and then goes, oh, Sonic, my first outing is going to be a Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Well, Lisa pressure's off, isn't it, really? Because if, oh, it, goes, trust if me, it goes yeah. to Port, you can just go, well, I haven't competed for a year. What did you expect? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awful, you know it. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, people say this to me all the time. They're like, how freaking hell have you done that? And it's like, oh, I don't know. Just, um, it's just obviously you, you found your rhythm and and I, yeah I, I guess I have and um you know I I went full circle from uh I I love Emil he's a beautiful rider and a beautiful trainer but I just wasn't mm. ready for him mm. I wasn't mature enough for him and I and he you know said we need to get rid of Dijano he's not good enough you know Bert's all right but he's you know he's all right mm. um and he's you know more of a man's horse really um and, and when he says that so when he said that to you is he saying that from point of view of if you want to be the next Charles du Jardin, that horse isn't good enough because he's yes. obviously a lovely horse yeah. so that's because you were saying to him i want to win medals and he's yeah. saying these horses aren't good enough then is that yeah why, yeah right, okay. and yeah. i think you know from um you know a really sentimental part of him he and, and we've had these conversations you know when I was training with him he had made his mistakes with and wasted his, his time on the horses that weren't good enough and that that's his mm. own words and mm. I I kind of think he was trying to save me from his mistakes um mm-hmm. yeah but but for me at that point in time like I said I was too I couldn't appreciate those comments that that, that they were actually from an you know a good a, place a good place yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and like you know I love Dejano and it, you know selling him would have broken my heart uh, just like selling mm. Zach did and um, mm. you know I just couldn't do it so I, I went away from Emil and went back to Pammy um, where I actually started properly training with with her mm-hmm. and she's been absolutely fantastic for teaching me you know the movements and she pushed me like Bert was six at the time still competing at elementary and she pushed okay. me from elementary all the way through to where I am now yeah um and she said for, for Christ's sakes just get on with it I'm like, all right okay yeah um uh, so you know he's now rising 10 so in the mm-hmm. last four years he's gone from elementary to hopefully Grand Prix <laughs> yeah um and uh yeah so I, I had Igor then at that point as a three-year-old and obviously Jaeger was on the back burner in the field um and I I backed Igor and got him up and running and literally just and and Dejano was still doing some like you know quiet stuff in the background because Igor yeah. was basically going to take his place yeah. to, to allow Dejano to have a, a normal life at home yeah um and I thought that that was the right thing for DJ. You know, he he owed me nothing. He got me the publicity that I, I really needed. And he wasn't ever going to be sold because I'm too mm-hmm. soft. Um, <laughs> and I'm in a position now where I work hard enough, you know, seven days a week that actually the income's there to have kept him, yeah. even if he wasn't going to be a schoolmaster. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I got Igor back. So I, I did hear, I literally, you know, he was as easy as pie. Um and uh, he went and did a couple of weeks at um, Emile's yard because I, I managed to escape for a two week holiday in God knows <laughs> when, years and years ago. Uh, <laughs> and literally uh, he came home and I 
we were doing some bits and pieces and I schooled him one day he was quite sharp as a youngster he was quite forward Mm. and um one day I schooled him thought oh you're a bit quiet funny like nothing Mm. out of the ordinary just a bit quiet popped him in his stable um gave him his tea and literally just caught a glance I thought you're not eating your tea looked at him and thought "Mm, I'm going to call the vet and you know you're probably the same as me but when it comes to colic I don't overreact you know it's a Mm. I'll syringe a butte down keep an eye on you know take the heart rate and react accordingly Mm -hmm. but something in my head that day told me to ring the vet and I did and he came out and he went oh you know he's not even sweating you know what's the big deal like he's not rolling Mm. he's not kicking he's just a bit weird you know he's just being a bit off Mm. colour and he said, well, I'll tell you what, like, I'll take his heart rate and stuff. And he said, oh, yeah, his heart rate's really quite high. He's, he's obviously a very stoic horse. And he said, look, let's mm. monitor it for a few hours and see what's what. And mm-hmm. I said, you know what, actually, because I was with Western Counties, and I said, could we just take him into the hospital? And he went, well, might be a bit dramatic, but yeah, fine. OK, chuck him on. Yeah. Did a stomach tap within the hour and his infection rate was through the ceiling. He had septic peritonitis. And if we had left it any longer, <sighs> he would have died. Oh, my God. What are the chances? What are the chances of that day yeah. I just decided that I wanted to take him in and that was it? Yeah. Um, wow. and, uh, and, you know, septic peritonitis, as you probably well know, is is reasonably fatal. Yeah, um, and uh, he had about a 5% chance of survival with the surgery. Um, God. And oh I was actually, <laughs> I was actually, I just lost my lorry. It went up in flames. Um, no. I was due to get married um the the next year and uh Igor's full care cost about 18 grand in the end so I Mm. I had to we we, I couldn't get married I that all the money went to that um I had no money to replace my lorry uh that had gone up Mm. um uh, and you know actually in some weird sinister way it was a saving grace because I was with completely the wrong person for me anyway. And, you know, actually, I think Igor secretly saved me from getting married to someone that I shouldn't have ever got married to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wish he could have done it in a cheaper way, you know? <laughs> yeah, just slightly, yeah. Like, just, like, uh, decked you before your wedding day and broken a leg that or something. Been, would have been that would have been perfect. Um, <laughs> so he made a full recovery. Um, and, well, you know, yeah. even to this day, like, Simon, our vet, is just... Uh, shocked um um he's a real he's really resilient he's a trooper that Mm. horse yeah um uh, and you know we I paid a very very small amount of money for him um and Emma regularly says oh I should have charged you more (laughs) yeah um and and, you know we we saved him and he was out for you know probably just under a year um and I remember I had to ride him from the the stable he wasn't allowed out and this is like you know four-year-old at that point coming into five Mm -hmm. because he had had that time out and I just chucked tack on him he was barely backed when he got it yeah chucked tack on him took him for a hack around the local lanes as good as gold no problem whatsoever and I thought oh my goodness you are one in a million yeah so yeah so Dejano at this point is had been retired and then Igor was on the scenes um and you know I obviously Bert broke my back when he was four or five um uh so you know that that was a bit of a rough period as well 
Um, and D- DJ was like my saving grace then because I actually competed with a broken back. Um, oh, my God. oh, don't even get me started. So it was under 25. Because <laughs> you're going to be here for hours. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Right. Just cut That's me. Fun, just cut it? me off. <laughs> no, it's fine. Go for so, it. So um, I was at the under 25s in Lincolnshire. And I, you know, Bert, Bert was sharp, but he wasn't nasty, you know. I jumped up on him, hacked him from... Have you ever been to Sheepgate before? I actually haven't, no. It's a really lovely, lovely venue. Really like it. Yeah, it's bloody, I hope to go. Oh, it's like seven something. hours. You're going to have to come with me. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> we could just never go. Yeah, just yeah. Cut, just box over to me and you can chuck your horses on my lorry and we'll go together. Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had driven seven hours up there to Lincolnshire and I had hacked from the stables to the school. Uh, everything was fine. And he went to turn around, like, you know, as a youngster, a bit nappy. I said, no, no, come on, we're going into the school. And he just went absolutely catatonic, you know. And I remember oh I'd got myself, um, I got myself a second-hand Albion Revelation. Yeah. And uh, I was pinned. <laughs> it's the only time I've like really cursed knee rolls. <laughs> oh god. I was absolutely yeah. pinned there and it was getting bigger. And he yeah. like what he does when he gets a bit upset was he would go bolt upright and then launch himself in the air and literally in mid-air he would then go into a um you know completely vertical buck like a fly buck oh my god but he was doing that and doing it and doing it and doing it and i was thinking oh this is getting bigger oh. so he basically was doing like burpees he was literally doing burpees like you know <laughs> full blown and like all these kids were riding around in the outdoor school, I was stuck in the gangway yeah. between the indoor and the outdoor. And I'm just like, I'm going to deck it real hard in a minute. Yeah. And I remember getting launched and um, I ended up hitting the side of the school and then the concrete. Mm. Yeah. And he went off still bronking. And I remember I got up and I went, <laughs> I shouldn't swear, but I did. <laughs> the top of my voice bring me that effing horse right now <laughs> in the middle of this under 25s and um and my dad was like had had Bert at that point and I collapsed to the floor and he brought him to me and my mum's like don't be so stupid she can't ride he's hurt herself take the horse back to the stable I'm like bring it back here I'm gonna get back on him and he's like literally shimmying between the stables and the school like what do I do <laughs> Um, and uh, the, the pain was like another level and uh, I couldn't feel my legs it was just horrid and um, yeah. I think it took about an hour and a half for the ambulance to come um, right. uh, and I had like an on-site she was actually there with her child but she was a doctor and right. she was you know helping me out and um, yeah I, I eventually went to the hospital I was in there for three hours uh, in the hallway and uh, no mm. pain medication no nothing it was a bit of a disaster actually oh, God. and I remember the doctor coming in and goes oh you've still got your breeches on and like my arms were like shredded oh um right you know are you the mum just take her breeches off and my mum was like but she might she, like she might have done her back in like what if I paralyze her oh no no she'll be fine so my mum's there like pulling my breeches off <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, it was it was really funny. I mean they closed that part of the hospital down now anyway, so you know. Um kind of kind of like, you know, obvious reasons. Yeah. And um yeah, I I anyway, uh, they came back and said, "No, x-rays are clear. You're absolutely fine. Soft tissue damage. You you can go." No. Okay, yeah. fine. So I got back to the competition and I could couldn't walk. 
uh, absolutely like complete state I ended up staying in a premier inn for the night and uh, coming back the next day and I thought you know what I had um I had DJ there and yeah. I thought you know what if I could ride him I'll still compete because it's only soft tissue damage and I did and I tell you yeah. what I, I we left Bert in the stable that week <laughs> yeah but yeah. he he won a lot like, I was on the podium every day with a broken yeah. back and you can see in the photos like I was in pain and I got home yeah. um and I was still riding I'd fallen off again because I had no flexibility in my upper body whatsoever um right. so you just come off more easily yeah and I, I got a phone call from Lincolnshire Hospital and they said look whatever you're doing just stop we've looked at the wrong x-rays you've actually got multiple fractures in your back shattered ribs <gasps> oh honestly they were like this- <laughs> God. this is really bad you need to not move you could paralyze yourself and I laughed I laughed <laughs> I said are you joking and you're there falling off horses oh my goodness I actually told him on the phone I said well I literally fell off like yesterday and he went deadly silent I swear to you he went completely silent and he was like just we'll, we'll send you an ambulance where are you just stop what you're doing I said well I live in Exeter like you know Mm. I've been com- competing a week on it I've been home a week I've been teaching I've been riding other people's horses I've fallen off again and he just said you need to get an ambulance to you right now because the, the... that is just like the biggest oh, I know <laughs> I know and he's like because all the fractures are really unstable so you know you, you could paralyze yourself and I laughed at him I just said look I'll just drive myself to a and I'm sure it's not that bad <laughs> So I drove it. Oh I drove God. there and I was really lucky. I was seen by a, um, he did like um, some extreme sports like mountain biking or something like that. Um, because sometimes <laughs> the doctors are a bit anti horse riders, you know, quite mm. rightly so. We're all nuts. Um, <laughs> and he said, look, professionally, you need to be put in a cast, a brace, you know, not moved. Yeah. And he said, but you've been on this for two weeks. If you were going to paralyze yourself, you would have done it by now. All of the fragments of your bone have, you know, mm-hmm. embedded in the muscle that runs down to your left leg. So mm-hmm. there's no chance of nicking anything more. Because I'd nicked my spinal column and everything, you know, like the, yeah. I'd done a number on it and knocked all my spinal processes off as well. So I've got no spinal processes mm-hmm. on my left hand side. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, and he said. It, it, keep earning money and you want to keep riding you're going to have to do it very very cautiously um but you could get away with it and I said yeah <laughs> sod it I'll just keep going and I, I was incontinent for like two years if I needed to wee that was it I had to go all yeah. that or it was happening um and oh, oh it was a friggin' nightmare but actually I just didn't think I could be that brave I'd be like no no it's fine I'll lie in bed if I have to <laughs> like I, like with my back do you know yeah. what I mean like I know I, when I broke my, you know, when I've broken other things, I've maybe not done that. But I think with my back, I probably would have maybe been a bit more cautious. You know what? If they if they had caught it on the day, I would have in the lorry, gone home. But but I think yeah. a part of me that just said it in my head, it's soft tissue, so it's fine. Uh, but yeah. looking back on it now, like I was crying in the tests, you know, like <laughs> oh physically, like and emotionally a wreck. Um, I don't I don't know how I did it I don't think I'll be able to do it now but um yeah anyway so I'm I'm reasonably fine now like I I do a lot of 
I have a lot of physio, a lot of sports massage, um, as as much as physically possible because I am, yeah. I, you know, my left leg is weaker and it's slower. Um, yeah. Because I've damaged all the nerves that go down into that left hand side, so you, you know, like general routine, I have to spin and do like you know hit sessions to try and keep that pathway open and, and sharp okay. in my reflexes. But yeah. it's fine, you know. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not screwed, so it's all good. But yeah. um yeah, so like you know, I had all that, and then you know Igor came along and um and you know he's been incredible, I mean, and how old is Igor? Now? he is rising eight, um okay. so he's yeah, I've had him for four years, I must be about yeah. right about about that, yeah. maybe five, but he's been in work for about four years, um yeah. and yeah, he's i mean he's into one now um wow he's incredible like honest honestly he's not been easy to train um and he's not what you would say it is like one of those flamboyant naturally gifted horses he doesn't yeah. have like a trot for a 10 um uh, and we call him the diesel horse because he is that like he'll go and drash around the woods he'll jump <laughs> a meter 30 and then he'll bash out <laughs> and into one he is yeah he is like fascinating but yeah, he's actually related to Dijano, and that's half the reason why I bought him is because I like DJ oh, yeah. so much. And I always said to myself, yeah. if I had had Dijano from a three-year-old, I think he would have been a really different horse. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, Igor's stubborn. If you say to Igor, "This is black," he'll go, "I'm pretty sure it's grey." Um, <laughs> but actually, Dijano prepared me for Igor. And like with, yeah. with Igor, you could lose your rag with him so easily. And actually, because of Dijano, I've learned it's just not the right way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, which has made really made training him tricky for me because I've had to keep mm. myself very measured um, and disciplined. Um, yeah. You know, knowing how much to ask, whether you know, and not to be greedy and, and to be understanding and, and empathetic to him and. Um, because he is different he's different you know but you've you know you've still like I'm just sat here like you're saying this that that you've taken it easy but you've four years you've done naught to into one <laughs> I don't think you do I don't think that you grasp how incredible that is oh, I, I've, I've... especially not for someone who's riding eight to ten horses a day and has got the pick of whatever they want you know yeah. That is oh yeah, I I for sure, you know, ask anyone that's close to me. I I've definitely got like something wrong with me neurologically. <laughs> like it's something wrong with me, but in all the right ways. It's like I am different, and I know I'm different, and I'm sure it's probably come from you know a difficult upbringing. But if I mm. get into something and I'm really passionate about it, it's all consuming. It's all I think about. Yeah, it's like I yeah. can go to bed. Um, and learn my tests in my sleep. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but honest to goodness, like I'm subconsciously aware that I'm learning my tests whilst I'm sleeping. It, it's <laughs> it's nuts, isn't it? And like I'll wake up yeah. and I'll have six tests in my head ready to go. It's, wow. I don't know what it, like, <laughs> I've, I've obviously got something wrong with me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's, or it's a superpower. So oh it's yes, something wrong. It's a superpower. That's the most useless superpower ever. <laughs> it's like <laughs> who's going to help save the world? Not the weird dressage girl. 
but yeah so you know I've I've taken Igor and he's always been he's always been talented in in aspects like okay maybe he hasn't got the trot for a 10 like I said but he's he's talented by being intelligent so I remember mm, to this day when yeah. he was five my mum said oh go and do a flying change and I laughed at her I was like yeah right okay because at this point I was like desperately mm-hmm. trying to grapple with changes with Bert and like he would go catatonic in them because it's always been difficult, emotionally difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I remember coming across the diagonal and I just asked for it and you went, yeah, okay then. <laughs> yeah. And at the age of five. And it is mad, isn't it? Like, yeah. Sorry, go on. Some horses are sort of, I swear they, you know, they they do make some things easier for you and I mean I have never had a horse that has been in really been sort of dressage minded with their breeding and everything and Susie's are you gone yeah I'm listening (laughs) oh sorry went quiet and um you know Susie I got her September 2019 at nov- well elementary level let's say I guess yeah she's elementary level and now she's at PSG yeah. and you think how have I done that when I've done it for 15 years and I've never got near it and the ho- some horses just are incredible yeah. aren't they and they just pick things up and you think wow now I understand why I wasn't why I didn't get it yeah. before because I did not have this brain working with me <laughs> it's exactly that and um you know like I, I mean I go for me he's like although he's pushed me in some areas he's supported me in others um Mm -hmm. uh, and like he had tempi changes so like he had his four times and three times at the age of five going into six um you know and and they didn't they didn't have giant height and you know the most expression Mm. but you know pammy was uh, amazing fit for helping me train those bits and pieces into him because he he we didn't have any breaks so I needed to teach him Mm. kind of the opposite way so I had to teach all the laterals into him first uh, and Mm -hmm. then get the foundation after I managed to get some some control over him because he was like Thomas the Tank Engine um uh so yeah he he's kind of like he's gone he did a little bit of prelim novice he did a lot of elementary um, I kind of skimped on the medium because I hate medium tests. <laughs> oh, that's funny. See, I hate elementary. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Elementary, like 59 is the devil. But medium, <laughs> for some reason, I just find them like really hard to learn. Um, oh, really? That's so, so yeah, he was doing more like sort of advanced medium. I mean, he, at the age yeah. of, I think he was six, he was doing advanced medium. Wow. Um, that's like that's like what the big guns do. <laughs> I know, and it's just me. <laughs> it's like mad. That's amazing. And he was that. at his mini- minimum age requirements for, um, uh, you know, his first advanced and PSG as well. So like last year, he did mm. his first advanced, literally, you know, on the dot. Um, the minute he <laughs> went into seven year old stage, um, and yeah. and yeah, he's done like a he's done a handful of PSGs you know lockdown allowing last year um uh, and then he did his first into one uh victon arena um and he did really well i think he got like 65 65 and a half um after doing a psg where he got like 70 
Um, yeah, I can't fault him. He's an, he's an amazing horse. Um, and he's not your typical flouncy, you know, look at my toes type, but he tries really bloody mm. hard. Um, and mm. on numerous occasions, I should say this in, on his behalf, that he has beaten Bert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and might I add, he actually did beat him on his very first PSG where he got 70% and Bert got 69 So, um, Oh, nice yeah, one. I, I bloody thought. Bert, I tell you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean, Bert's been the slow burn more than anything. You know, he's been he's been sort of playing at elementary and and medium um, when he was six, seven, um, and he's only really yeah. he started. Well, crikey, I shared a thing on Facebook the other day. I think he did his first advanced medium three years ago. So he's been yeah. in advanced medium for at least. Um, at least a year after that maybe even two years and then he started PSG yes. not last year the year before um it was the tempi changes that were the killer like you, you'd ask for one and he would just ha- have a one of his burp moments and throw the toys out the pram um oh, yes because he's ginger and he can't cope and his life's so hard and you know you know you know what it's like <laughs> Yes, I'm very much struggling with my tempies. <laughs> Just trust me, they do come, um, but it takes ages. And the amount of times I've cried over them. And I remember to this day, I was at Myersco Premier League and Olivia Towers was doing a vlog. And uh, she was yeah. saying she absolutely adored this horse and it's stunning and it's this and it's that. And lo and behold, she was talking about Bert. And oh. I had a small well of pride come in my chest until until he had a meltdown at the live stream camera just in front of the live stream camera set oh. the whole world could see it where he oh, reversed no. the length and breadth of the school throwing his head around um yeah oh, and that was where the vlog ended well at least she will have um she'll have held some sympathy in that because <laughs> i think she's had similar issues oh. so so i'm sure she will have um sympathized oh, love with that horse he's like you know he's kind of one of those horses where my mum's gone do you really want to keep doing this with him because he's really like thrown some some shapes at me and i'm like yeah i love yeah. him he's my he's my everything i adore him and like i've just blindly you know, rose tinted glasses through the whole ordeal of the broken backs and the, you know, reverse it, literally <laughs> reversing through fences and ending up in trees, out hacking. Yeah. And, uh, I, uh, but you're going to do your first Grand Prix before. Exactly. And that's so, all. That's all. I mean, all. you can write it. Exactly. Amazing. To go through all that is amazing. Um, but yeah, so we've got, we've got Bert and we've got Igor and, um, you know, Jaeger's, he, he's coming into five now. Um, and I've mm-hmm. had him since he was a foal, and he was great. Um, yeah. I I had a one way trip to the dentist after trying to back him, um, where he nearly oh he nearly knocked out my whole bottom set of teeth. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, don't. <laughs> um, but he is oh, he's Johnson first and ball, so he's Jazz Lines. Um, oh yeah, and Weltmeyer. Yeah, and he honestly, Bert's prepared me for him because that is another level of sharp uh you know you get on him and you say okay i've i've touched you with my leg and if you've got him on a bad day you're on back legs front legs you know um and mm. and again like you know learning from dj learning from bert that that actually the only way through to these horses is just understanding them and um yeah 
and I have to hold his hand and you know on regular occasions I'm throwing all kinds of shapes around the arena and out hacking and my liveries laugh at me they actually this is probably <laughs> not very PC and I apologies if I offend anyone but all of my liveries call him Ted Bundy <laughs> because he's suave and you know stunning he's absolutely beautiful like a stunning little face on him and he's only like 15 three he's a midget but he oh is he oh, you wouldn't think it in the photos would you <laughs> no you wouldn't but uh, oh well, when you iron out those quirks you send him down to me right <laughs> <laughs> don't know i don't know <laughs> i like little ones <laughs> I, I tell you this now like he he's taken me down the sense line and got me like 81 and 83 percent i've got yeah. i've got yeah i remember that last i've year. got those tests pinned on my wall as a homage to jaeger but honest to goodness yeah, that horse is mind-blowing um because he's <laughs> stunning and incredible and he's mm. like yeah i can half pass yeah i can do walk pirouettes yeah i can pf that's cool <laughs> but if you mm. say to him actually jaeger would you like to do this it's like i'm offended how dare you ask me how dare you who are you peasant mm. so uh it, it's just trying to get through <laughs> to him that maybe he doesn't know everything um yeah but he when he comes good oh, he'll be great i hope be amazing, um, yeah. And then the yeah. last horse on the roster is Midoriya, who is four this year, mm-hmm. and he is a direct descendant of Dijano. Um, oh, and lovely. you know how I bought Jaeger and Igor, but we actually bought Midoriya off the internet as well for two grand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think uh, I did know that. Actually, I don't know why I know that, but you told me that somehow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, he's got mad. my heart. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, He's one of those horses that you look at and he looks he looks into you rather than at you. I, that sounds really pathetic, doesn't it? But there's just no, I know what you mean. something yeah, about him mean. that I like, absolutely, mm. completely adore. And like he could do no wrong in my eyes. Um, my mum calls him <laughs> a thug because he's like 17 too, gangly thing, you know, proper little ugly duckling type. Gosh. But uh, he's, he's going to come mm. good. He'll be lovely. Well, yeah, he looks. Well, he's got his first outing planned for Chard on the eighth, so um, I'm sure that will be eventful. Exciting. <laughs> so is that? Are you going to do your first Grand Prix and take your horse? Yeah. Why not? And are you going to ride the four year old before the Grand Prix, or ride the Grand Prix before the Grand Prix before the four year old? Oh, that's okay then. You'll be yeah. alright then. Uh, <laughs> well, you are riding first. <laughs> I tell you. You know, if anyone's going to put me in my grave, it will be Jaeger. I tell you that for nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. I uh, just before Christmas, we went out for a hack with him, and um, we were stood at the gate, and I was like, Jaeger, you, you need to stand still. I'm trying to do the gate, and he's like, I'm not going to stand still. I'm like, Come on, because yeah. you know you've got to teach them manners at that age. Um, and I just asked him nicely, stand still. He went bolt upright with me, and I got my thumb stuck in my reins, and it literally like I heard it crack. Oh, I couldn't oh. move it at all. I thought this really bloody hurts. And I wiggled it around out on the hack, and it clicked. And I thought, oh great, well I can move it again now. And then one of my best friends is um, mm. NHS physio, and she said, oh I think mm. you might have dislocated the, the saddle joint in the bottom of it. You know this little joint. And I thought, right. oh shit. Uh, and it's just shit like that that I have to deal with on a daily basis with him. Yeah, just like little things. That... <laughs> I I adore him you know he is just um absolutely special I kind of relate to him because he's he's clearly got mental health issues just like myself (laughs) 
<laughs> Bless him. Oh, oh but but maybe that's you know like maybe that's why you are able to to ride these kinds of horses because you understand them a little bit more maybe and that's yeah. why you maybe you know I think maybe sometimes like the things that you see as weaknesses in yourself you should see them as superpowers a bit more I appreciate that that's really kind that of you sense. like but yeah you... from what I've heard from today <laughs> but you I mean I can just feel that you're like a, a really brilliant trainer and you you know you can empathize with people and understand the struggles uh, and I think that's a really like a key ingredient in training clients and like with all of my yeah. guys like you know I've got I've got a decent amount of people on my books these days and and we're just one giant family mm. and like my family for me has been integral like without without their support yeah. I wouldn't have got anywhere and like you know my other my yeah. other half yeah. I mean we've been together like two years now he's come from a towny background like n- not horsey at all and uh, <laughs> And there he is, like, holding the horses at competitions, and all of a sudden he's planning his first, like, you know, he's trying to get affiliated, and um, I know. And then, like, my apprentice, it's the home of waiters and strays at my yard, because my apprentice (laughs) is my brother's girlfriend, and she she's, like, lived with us for a few years now, but she comes from a really, really, really difficult background, and, you know, a few years ago she was in intensive care, uh because she she oh, unfortunately tried to take her own life um right uh, so, so you know it's not her family is difficult and you know my my family took her in my parents and, and my brother mm. and basically yeah. just adopted her um to get her out of mm. that very 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 horrendous situation that she was in with her other family and um and she she's yeah. a bit like me really she just said well, I don't know what else I'm going to do in my life, so I might as well do horses. <laughs> she, yeah, I mean, oh, bless her. And is that is that Tiny Taylor? No, Tyler that... Junior is actually called Tyler. No. She's a livery of mine, and and like I said, all of my liveries okay. are are like family. We we all love each other. We look yeah. after one another. They're all bloody affiliated now. They they've all got the dressage bug. Um, oh, no, brilliant. this is Chelsea. So Chelsea um, has, has been riding for probably just over two years. Again, oh, from wow. nowhere, like Chris has been riding two years um, now. And they kind of came on the scene at the same time. Um, and like Chelsea's yeah. got like a, a little schoolmaster type. Um, and she she can do like a passage and a PF him. and changes and, and whatnot with him. But she's really learning, you know, the trade on him. <laughs> I mean, in a way, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. In a way, I'm just like, I'm like two oh, years. You know what? <laughs> like, I look at these guys. Like, Chris has got half of Drez, but one of the schoolmasters, that big, beautiful black black chap that we've got. Um, he owns half of yeah. him, and then Chelsea's got this gorgeous. Uh, his name's Boss, um, and fair play to her. She's done a lot of work on him to get him where he is. I'm looking at these two, thinking yeah. you're riding around on these absolutely incredible horses. Whereas I'm there when I was their age on some bloody <laughs> pony that used to deck me constantly. Yeah. Max, I could never get into a contact <laughs> whatsoever. And then Zach, I spent the whole time on two legs. And I'm thinking, where was mine? Maybe that's the secret. Maybe maybe we should encourage getting into horses <laughs> as an adult. Maybe that's just the way that's to do it. it. Yeah, or like, you know. <laughs> bypass all that crap <laughs> i'm just thinking god damn it <laughs> and 
and I stand there like my my Chris and I we we don't have like normal couple arguments like you know we don't argue about the the washing or or things like that we argue over like Trevor um and his weak lower leg (laughs) and like him and I can have like he's like he's very accepting of the fact that if if he wants me to train him then he has to take the rough with the smooth and like I'm very good with yeah. my clients so like if I have nervous people then we keep it slow and casual and like calm and, and they they you know reach new territory but they dictate the pace um but yeah when it's your loved ones I, I'm sure you can understand this you you're just a little bit rough with them <laughs> so I'm like yeah I know what you mean I like I don't think I would put my boyfriend on a horse because I'd be scared that he'd be better than me and then I'd be like you know, you, you know what at this <laughs> stage in his training I don't think there's a huge amount of danger of that the core <laughs> is not strong let's put it that way <laughs> the core is not strong he does um, so we have like I do a lot of um, work off the horse to try and keep myself sound because I'm lame I'm 99% yeah. lame um, I'd be shot if I was a horse. So we have like this Nintendo Switch that has like um, fitness stuff on it. It's called like a ring fit. Anyway, yeah. you do like Russian twists and core and hit and cardio. And literally, like I make him do some of this when he gets home from work because he has a normal person job. And uh, he does Russian twists <laughs> with his feet on the floor. And I'm like, dude, get your feet off the floor and use your podgy core. And he's like, I can't. It's impossible. I'm not built that way. And it's like the arguments we have about his core is just like off the wall. But, um, you know, he, he takes like I go around the woods and all sorts. You know, he's got the life of life of luxury. And so is Chelsea, yeah. actually. Like she's she's going to be really competitive, I think, one day. And um, I, I kind of like I just want people to do well, you know, and I want them to have the success that I've yeah. had so far um yeah exactly and I think that shows and that's probably why your uh your teaching is has flown so well but probably because you're you genuinely want um yeah and I think that really shows you, you know the thing is so, it's yeah. easy like, on social media to come across as someone that that you're not um uh, mm. you know everyone does it in one way or another let's be honest it's like yeah. my body is a temple but secretly you're eating mcdonald's at 10 o'clock at night 100 preach yeah. <laughs> preach but um to be honest like i i'm very much a spade as a spade kind of person wrongly or rightly and yeah um i think there's that sort of degree of like on the spectrum with the way my brain works because like i like i said i can take things and if i'm really passionate about it then i just go at it full force but you know one thing I've really had to learn because it's not come natural to me is how to interact with people because I've had such a checkered past with people and and the way they've treated Mm. me it's been really hard to to know the right tone and to understand how people are thinking and be empathetic to people because if I'm honest with you Teal like horses I can understand like 100% on their wavelength I can completely you know um be completely in the moment with a horse and I can understand what they're thinking feeling um Mm. and like on an emotional spectrum I I feel really in tune with horses but with people I find them quite difficult you know and yeah I think like when it comes to training you have to put on a little bit of like a mask 
you know really. mm. uh, and um I think over the last few years I've managed to find my find my people person button <laughs> yeah no that's good you know it doesn't all come naturally to us does it um no. but like when no. it comes to teaching I think when people have lessons with me um I think they can understand that I, I work totally from the horse's perspective and I think you know they can for the best part appreciate that so yeah so everything I see or or you know wants out of a session is for the horse's benefit um and sometimes the rider yeah. has to put their own wants and needs aside for that for the horse yeah um no, you know really good. well yeah I, I try and keep straight in my morals you know and um yeah like I've been recently like spent a lot of time with Peter Store. um yeah I've been doing a lot of training with him um and he what I really love about him and like you know Pammy's been in you, you know with me for years now um and you know morally I'm very straight you know I I will always remember the people that have backed me and, and helped me mm. and, and Pammy is going to be there to my dying day um but but bringing Peter onto the team like he is such a wealth of knowledge and he's made me really really think about every single thing I do is that yeah complimenting the horse's way of going you know is that encouraging the horse's mentality you know mm -hmm. am I doing the, the very best for that horse at that present point in time and is it classically correct um that's been so helpful as well for training yeah not just horses but for clients too so yes yeah. what a bloody journey right yeah I mean uh, to be honest we're still on the first question mate but, um... <laughs> So, uh, I'm not going to ask you all the other ones. Don't, don't go there. Do you want me? I can. Do, let's do. We, maybe we'll have to. Maybe you'll have to do a comeback. Or like a week long podcast. Yeah. yeah just have a time cook. chatting shit for a week. You know what? I, I would subscribe to that. Yeah. I, I, you know, we can oh, do a quick brilliant. fire round. Like, you know, answer it in one word. All right. Okay. Let's do these. Let's do these. Like, yeah, be as quick, like maximum a sentence. Okay. Who's been your most significant horse to your career? The horse that shaped you as a rider? <laughs> oh, man. It's got to be Bert, hasn't it? Let's say Bert. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Bert. Okay. Um, so let's take run with Bert. Describe Bert as if he were a person. <laughs> Um, he'd be in a straitjacket in a padded cell. <laughs> um, Home with you and me. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> oh, I'll be, you know, I'll be there with him all the way. Uh, I oh, think brilliant. slowly being his psychiatrist, I've managed to like bring him on to normal spectrum horse. Like yeah, he can hack now person. around the woods without putting me in like four foot high trees. So yeah, oh, gosh. He, that's a true story. Oh so yeah Blessing I think I think we're getting there yeah oh, and and so um long term what's what's the goal um gold medals baby yeah that's that's wanna, the goal do I, that's the goal yeah definitely yeah. I mean like I want to get my international really? score for small tour this year um okay. to get my flag and for the people who maybe don't know what small tour is, could you just quickly? Okay, so small tour is so you have to go to Premier Leagues or high profiles, and you've got to get over a certain percentage at either PSG or Inter One. 
uh, once you've got your mm-hmm. percentages, then you can be put forward to be chosen for like Team GBR at, at small tour level. Um, uh, yeah. And then what I want to be able to do this year is do the Premier Leagues um, and high profiles at PSG and Inter, one with Bert and Igor. And I want mm-hmm. to compete at local venues into two Grand Prix so that next year I can run for Big Tour, which is then your yeah. your Grand Prix. Brilliant. Yeah, love Good it. Plan. Okay. Um, so tell me something, this is going to be quick. Tell me something you find hard about competing. <sighs> Knowing what snack to buy from the cafeteria. <laughs> Love it. I thought it was going to be knowing what Snapple to use then. It's like, no, just snacks. It's all about the snacks, okay? I go to Chard predominantly for the banana cake, and that is a true story. Like, Chard's a stunning venue, all the more better for their banana cake. It's it's a 10 out of 10 on trip TripAdvisor, okay? Okay. <laughs> I must go to Chard now. Um, when is the best time to talk to you at a show? So, like, are you one of those people that doesn't want to talk before you've ridden the uh, test? Actually, I'm pretty, pretty chatty. Chassis? Like, you know, I'm quite happy to have a chat away. And um, especially if I've had a Mackey's for breakfast, then I'm, like, you know, singing singing off the rooftops. <laughs> um, I can occasionally get a bit, like, you can, like, anyone can get a bit stressed. <laughs> but um, especially for big stuff. Um, yeah. But, you know, I've learned over the last few years to just try and keep my nerve under control. And the more I talk um, and the more I chat with people, the better I am. So, like, I just try and make that like a bit of a gospel thing now, really. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Yeah. anyone anyone can come up and speak to me at any point unless I've just been decked. Um, Then I might I might need a couple of seconds to cry into the surface and then I'll be fine. Or at least just go and catch the damn horse. And then... Yeah, to be honest, like, you know, if they've done me a number, then just let them go. <laughs> just let them have a little graze in the field for half an hour and I'll be all right. Just waft them towards my they, horse. They spots, all load guys. really yeah. well. So, like, you know, if you want to take one, crack on. Maybe not Midoriya. I don't think I'd last five minutes. You'll be absolutely fine. Don't on. don't sell yourself right short. Horse. <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> okay last one now um is there any change that you'd like to see in our world whether that be the Cornwall and Devon world the dressage world the equestrian world is there just a change that's really important um, to you that you'd like to, to be honest you know at, at the end of the day competitively you could run, uh, you know, a 20 mile list of changes that you personally would like to, to make. I'm very much one of these people that I just mm. run, roll with the punches. And, you know, I might not agree with all things that go down. I certainly don't agree with all the things that go down in the warm-up arena occasionally. I, I have mm. come to terms with the fact that actually I need to fight my own battles occasionally um internally out and externally and sometimes the best approach to things is to keep your ethics straight and your morals straight and your training straight and then yeah when you get the results and you reap the rewards that's when people start to go mm. actually you know what maybe I need to look at my training methods and uh, maybe I need to address how I'm doing yeah you, you know the training 
So rather mm. than trying to preach to everyone, just letting your um, yeah, I, I think that's that's got to be the the right way, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, because you you can preach to your yeah. heart's content, and to be honest, like I've been there, I've done it, I've made the mistake of trying to say to to people, hey, mm. you know, this isn't right. You know, why are you doing it like this? And actually it, it doesn't get you anyway you mm. just get all of the backlash because then you become the bad person no. uh, and I've learned the hard way because this is like when I yeah. was a lot younger and the, there was um, a hefty amount of Rolka going on and I said hey you know why are you doing this to your horse thinking that I was doing the right thing um, and you know I, I got a hell yeah. of a lot of black backlash for it and it just wasn't worth it you, you know and mm. yes we all need to stand up for animal rights and and you know respectively so the right bodies are out there to do that um and i think uh, yeah. if we need a change in our world or feel that there should be a change let our results be the change rather than empty words i think yeah yeah no that makes total sense yeah like it right, sorry well, you've been on the you phone for like you know what like with me (laughs) i came down into the tack room to do this because our signal is a little bit better down here my other half is probably having a party in my house right now he's like yes ding dong the witch is dead i can do whatever (laughs) i like (laughs) (laughs) but i haven't heard any ruffles from downstairs for a while so tom's probably just at the garage (laughs) i'll probably find mine in the cupboards working on his core (laughs) (laughs) secretly (laughs) I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast I'm sorry that it's super long Um, I hope you didn't need to skip through any of it but it was just such a great story um, and she had so many cool things to say I didn't really want to stop her or edit any of it out so uh, yeah I hope that you've enjoyed it Um, and if you had a long drive to work or much out quite a lot of horses then hopefully uh, it's given you a little bit of entertainment today See you next time.